This is DTR, Tinder's podcast about dating in the digital age. I'm Jane Marie. You know how you have that single friend and you watch them dating and meeting people and you think to yourself, if they just put me in charge of their love life, I could find the right person for them. A lot of people have that thought. We secretly believe we'd be better at finding love for our friends than they are at finding it for themselves. And it's really fun, right? We all love swiping for our single friends. There's actually a reason why, which we'll get to in a little bit. Today on the show, we're doing something different. We're gonna have friends swipe for friends to test a theory. Are your friends better at finding love for you than you are? We have two eligible bachelors with us today. This is Andrew. I'm single. Like how single? I don't know, as single as it gets. And this is Marcus. I think somebody told me this when I was in high school that Marcus means uh, incredible personality that makes up for modest looks. And I was like, I'll take that. These two don't know each other. They live on opposite coasts, but they have a lot in common. Andrew and Marcus are both in their 30s. They love their jobs. They are social butterflies. They're both self-aware, nice, smart people, like fully formed adult human men. And they both recently got out of serious relationships. Marcus's three-year relationship ended last year, right about the same time that Andrew's engagement fell apart. Here are some other stats you should know, starting with Andrew. I'm 37. Uh, I'm an Asian person. I'm Chinese. Uh, I'm from Michigan. And again, Marcus. I am Black. I'm 5'8", apparently, according to my physical last week. I'm not, like, out of shape. I'm not, like, incredibly ripped. I've gained some weight from, you know, being over 30 and having a slower metabolism. I'm looking for a supportive, intelligent woman who has her own ambitions. Oh, and, like, stylish, I think. Oh, Like, if you've got, like, a cool pattern, like, shawl, I don't know, or, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. some crazy cape, nice hat if you want to put a hat on. Oh, a hat. We met Marcus through two of his best friends, Brittany Luce and Eric Eddings. Hey! Hi. Brittany and Eric are also podcast hosts, Their show, The Nod, celebrates Black culture, from Beyonce conspiracy theories to the cultural history of do-rags. It's pretty much on every list of essential podcast listening. When Brittany and Eric heard what we were doing this season on DTR, they were like, we should fix up our friend Marcus. He's so great. And that's why they're here with me right now, to swipe for him. He's like, of our friend group, he's like one of, he's like top tier. Yeah, he's like one of the best people. Something I would say, I don't know if he would say this about himself, but something that I think that Marcus is really good at is staying in touch. Mm. Like he's always finding a reason to bring people together. He started a hip hop brunch club. Mm -hmm. And so we, Eric and I are both in that. He and I are also in a movie club together. And I just, I love Marcus. He's great. If Marcus is so wonderful, why is he (laughs) single? I get the sense for, as a friend that Marcus is entering into a phase of life where he really is going to be looking for somebody special. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think he's just, you know, he has kind of happened upon this period in his life where he uh, doesn't have a partner. And he's, you know, searching, searching far and wide. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it'll work out eventually. Mm-hmm. It just hasn't today. But that's why we're here. That's why we're here. That is why we're here for both Marcus and Andrew. Andrew is one of my closest friends. He and I both grew up in Michigan. We went to the same high school, but we were not friends then because I was cool and Andrew was not. And 
I'd say that I have a slightly different approach than what Brittany and Eric have with Marcus when it comes to being Andrew's friend. I tend to give him a hard time. Why do you still have this fucking picture up here, Andrew? I don't... Uh, for the is... listeners, for the listeners, Jane is holding up a photo of uh, me dressed as a crab from two Halloweens ago, uh, drinking a martini. It's not just a crab. It's a crab with a crown. It's a king crab. It's a king crab. Oh, ha, 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 ha. I've told you to take it off of here every time we've ever talked about your Tinder. Yeah. It's love. It's just the tough kind. I've been trying to get Andrew to figure out what he wants in a lady now that he's back out there dating. You know how Marcus says he wants a kind, intelligent woman, maybe with a patterned shawl? I would kill for even that level of detail from Andrew. What are you looking for? Oh, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I think that has been a consistent problem of mine, uh, which is that, like, I'm too easygoing. Like, I'm, I'm pretty passive about what I'm looking for. Do you want me to tell you how I described what you're looking for? Uh, I'm sure I don't. Why? Because <laughs> shit's going to make me feel bad. No, no it go won't. Ahead. Go ahead. I said, I think Andrew just wants the best one he can get. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Like the prettiest, best one that likes him back. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but isn't that everyone? <laughs> All right. With that, Andrew and I commenced the picking apart of his profile. Oh, God, is this your main photo? Whoa, ouch. Well, it's the dog. At least it's not, it's both dogs. Yeah. And you're in a hammock with them. Yeah. And you're not looking at the camera. Yeah. You're just like in a pile of fur. Oh, Lord, you even start with the dogs in your bio. I'm a writer producer with two old dogs. Born in Michigan, school in NYC, and now living on LA's east side. Can make you laugh that's true clean up after myself Mm, I don't know in the kitchen maybe eventually we got to swiping she's cute how do you Mm -hmm. feel about nose rings Um, careful how you answer there's one right in front of you yeah I know I'm not answering this (laughs) okay great yes (laughs) Uh, how do you feel about vampires (laughs) um what do you think about this one um, her dog looks just like your dog, but not no, as messed up. her dog is way less fucked up than my dogs. People love putting photos of their dogs in their Tinder profiles. Although sometimes it's hard to tell if something even is a dog. She's holding a dog. I don't think that's a dog. It's a dog. I think that's a tiny uh, monkey. Is it an owl or something? What? An owl, monkey, or dog? I think it's a dog. Can you see it? (laughs) Oh, that is like a marmoset. She seems cool, but I'm not getting like Marcus-y vibes from her. She looks like she has fun experiences, not great stories. Is that? Yeah. Whoa. I don't know. She doesn't seem like she eats a lot of flavorful foods, but... Oh, yeah, she's boring. Oh, okay. Well, this woman has a racially appropriative Halloween costume. She was doing real good until then. What was it? It was, it was a, a, geisha. a geisha. Come mm-hmm. on now. Mm-hmm. You got to know better than that. We swiped left on the marmoset lady and the geisha Halloween costume. And then eventually we found Lucia. This girl's cute. She's okay. cute. Oh, I yeah. Think... Yeah, she is cute. Read her bio. 
uh, this life is weird. This is weird. Life is weird. Let's get weird. Mm-hmm. It also says, like, uh, let's take the Metro North up to hike or see some live music. That's good. Marcus mm-hmm. is live like music. an active Live guy. music. Yeah. There you go. He loves concerts. He mm-hmm. loves concerts. Mm-hmm. Lucia also seemed to have a great fashion sense and lots of confidence. Brittany and Eric were excited about her. I definitely am getting a vibe like she is down for whatever. Yeah. Yeah. She definitely seems free spirit. Yes. I get very free spirit vibes. Yeah. She's a cutie. She has beautiful hair. I went into her Instagram and she's like very, she's like very political. Oh, Uh, cool. Yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. he is too. He's very, very progressive guy. Uh, Okay. In the know. He's in the know. I think Marcus is in the know. What do you think? Do you think he's going to like her? I think it's gonna like I think her. It's be, definitely worth a meeting. Yeah, I'd be curious about the conversation. I think this is one where it's like you can do the work of putting them in the same room, and only you know fate. Only God. Well, I was gonna say fate, but same. <laughs> God and or fate also came through for Andrew when we found Lexi. Lexi had a had like a little zhuzh. There was like. You know, she had like cool hair and like. Let me, let me just let me just quietly throw this back at you. Lexi was the one who was most like you. I said judge. I'm not. Yes, I know. <laughs> I have judge. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Coming up after the break, Marcus and Andrew go on their dates and then come back to the studio to tell us how we did. Are we shitty friends, or do we know them better than they know themselves? time for the first dates. I set Andrew up with a woman named Lexi. She's a bit younger than him, younger than he usually dates. She's 25, he's 37, which is 25 in lady years. But I thought they'd like each other. They're in the same line of work, comedy, TV writing, that kind of stuff. They met up at a coffee shop in Silver Lake. Right away, they decided to share a donut, which I thought was very cute. How long have you uh, lived here? Are you from here? No, I'm from the Bay Area. Oh, dope, okay. Um, I came down for school at UCLA. Um, got it, got it. Did um, creative writing and then minored in Chinese. Oh, shit. Yeah. So. It sounded really promising at the start here. Meanwhile, for Marcus, Brittany and Eric's right swipe on Lucia resulted in a match. Yay! So Marcus picked a Midwestern-themed bar to meet at. And right away, they started giving each other a hard time, in a semi-flirty way. Yeah, yeah. How's your week going so far? I'm going to ask you all the cliche questions. Tuesday. So get fucking ready for it. Um, my week so far on the second day of it yeah. is great. Yeah. I just got back from the- Lucia's 27 and she showed up in this cute bright red dress and white converse. She definitely looked stylish. So we've got one date going on in LA, one in Brooklyn, both starting out in that universal way we get to know each other, shop talk. What do you want to do? What, what's your field? So I'm an actor, I'm a performer, and yeah. now. I'm completely switching, and I'm going to go into nursing midwifery. Whoa. Yeah. We're doing some shifting shit right now. It's like a weird L.A. dream. It is. So it was like my my two, like, different paths. My parents were like, well, you can't write. You probably can't write as a career. So you have a master for languages. Why don't you learn Mandarin? (laughs) Congratulations. Thank you. You found your purpose. I hope so, yeah. But basically now it just means that like with all my Chinese friends I can like shit talk people without them knowing what to say. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, my mom never internalized the idea that some white people speak Chinese. <laughs> Things were going okay on both of these dates, nothing terrible happening, but honestly, nothing awesome happening either. As both dates went on, things got progressively more bleh. The conversations turned to favorite podcasts. This is a podcast called... Oh, if you've not heard this, this will be good for your drive to okay. Pittsburgh. And Game of Thrones I, I fan mean, theories. Like, I'd been working on this theory that the uh, the White Walkers are like just a MacGuffin, and that in the end it's going to be humanity that's, that's oh, the... Uh, it's yeah. probably not panning out that way. Remember the bad equilibrium idea from episode two? When economists talk about it in the context of a first date, it means that both people are trying to stick to safe conversation topics because they don't want to come off as weird or make anyone uncomfortable. But then what happens is that everyone is bored. That's what was happening on these two dates. Bad equilibrium. Uh, Eventually, Andrew and Lexi got to talking about something a little more personal than premium cable. Long story. What's the dog story? Uh, I split uh, two dogs with Mm -hmm. my ex, uh, so we like... Share custody. I'm, I'm sharing custody with of my of my people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I feel okay. you. Yeah. Less weird than it seems, but it still feels weird to tell someone that. I'm just like, yeah. What are you like, oh do? my god, you chose to get a dog with someone. It's like, I mean, yeah. I'm not gonna not have a dog just because you know something might not work out. You know, <laughs> priorities. <laughs> with Marcus and Lucia, we had to step in. We channeled our inner reality show. No, we didn't send them to a fantasy suite or anything, unfortunately. But our producers prompted them to talk about more interesting, maybe even uncomfortable topics. So, with dance music blaring in the background to set the mood, Marcus and Lucia talked about the last time they cried. Shall we talk about crying now? Yeah, so about crying. What's the last time you cried? Yesterday? No, two days ago. I cry a lot. So the last time I cried was at this beach house. It's a very white space but like Cambridge white. So it's like we're liberal and highly educated, so there's no way that we have any prejudice. Get out, white. <laughs> a little, but I don't think they were trying to yeah. lobotomize me. Okay, well, um, you don't know, you got out in time. You don't know, I got out. <laughs> like the article about um about that boy who shot up the black church. Yes. And their whole family was talking about how, what an interesting and like poignant read it was. And I just really had to turn to these people that I loved and had to say, you reading that article and feeling better about yourself is bullshit. Yeah. Your deed of the day can't be just reading that right. article inside of your three-story brownstone. Right. That's what makes you cry. That's what made you cry. Very real. My answer is not that good. The thing that does make me cry is uh, 80 sports movies. What? <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I don't mean to like no, no, no. shame your emotional no, you, experience. No, you can. I'll, hopefully, I'll get there. Creed is like perfect storm. We'll definitely be coming back to that moment with Brittany, Eric, and Marcus. Eventually, both dates began to wind down. In Brooklyn, Marcus and Lucia finished their last round. In LA, the donut was gone, the coffee was cold. Both couples began the ritual of the first date goodbye, when you've had a fine time but no one's blown away. We've all done it. Here's what it sounds like. Try to count all of the high-pitched yes. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, but yeah, do you want to get a drink or something sometime? For sure, yeah. Yeah. Would you like to hang out again someday, maybe, possibly? I'd be down. Yeah. What's the best way to do this? I guess I will. Yeah. I'll get your number. Thanks for coming. This was fun. It was fun. I'll see you soon? Yeah, hope so. A couple weeks later, the matchmakers and the matched got together to debrief. How did we do? Brittany, Eric, and Marcus came back into the studio, and it turns out that Brittany and Eric nailed it, style-wise. But Marcus said he and Lucia didn't have a spark. She was cute, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like immediately like, holy shit, like I'm super attracted to this woman. You not having that immediate attraction doesn't like, it doesn't rule her out. It doesn't really rule it out. Because I also think like, I don't think I'm a dude you see across the bar and you like, just go approach like this dude's hot as shit like i think i'm a slow burn like a motherfucker like you know me for like a solid three months like then i get more attractive over time like the more you get to know me you got to grow on somebody (laughs) yeah it's like like i'm kind of like a fungus is all i'm saying like and then you can't get rid of me okay so let's go back to the part where you asked her about the last time she cried and you cried you guys had very different answers (laughs) oh my god i actually i actually thought you handled that well thank you i mean who wants to talk, talk about, about the, systemic racism? <laughs> who wants to talk about, like, yeah, what? That's good Mad first date combo, no? Yeah. Weren't you, when she was responding, weren't you like, gotta come up with something, gotta come up with something, gotta come up with something? Me? No, the whole time I was like, yo, you're gonna keep going, I'm really gonna say like 80 sports movies. <laughs> okay, so I basically talk about black people for a living, as do you, Eric. Yeah, yeah. And my thing is, is that when I am on a date, I always am kind of wary of people. Not that I know this woman. Yeah. But like, I'm always kind of wary of when I'm in kind of a relaxed setting and I don't, I haven't really connected with somebody like that. And they're just sort of like, let's have this conversation. It kind of makes me be like, is this what it's going to be like? I mean, Every day, to an extent, we, you know. We got, you mean Brittany? Like it would, it would just immediately exhaust you. Like yeah. we can't just yeah. chill and have fun right now. Like we have, oh, we really have to go here. Yeah, I mean, right. if it came up in the conversation naturally, I guess that's one thing. But yeah. it's like I have found that, and maybe it's also because like I date men, and most I would say ninety-seven percent of men take themselves too seriously. <laughs> I find that when they bring stuff like that up on a date. It can feel a little bit performative. Yeah. Like, they're trying to show me what they think about something. And I'm just like, can we just talk about, like, tacos? <laughs> like, we can get into that. Like, if, you may, if you've already made a connection and there's no misstep, do you know what I mean? Right. Just kind of like, you have the conversation and it feels seamless and you're both into it. But I kind of felt discord when I listened to that. But you guys, you did want somebody who was, like, political and progressive for him. Like, you, we had talked about that. Absolutely. I think the thing about it, though, I guess it's a more of a how you engage that topic and mm. when you engage that topic. Right. On our day-to-day, we're not really talking about that. Yeah. You know, because, yeah. like, we want to not wallow in despair. To your credit, like... That is something that I do find attractive to have an opinion on those sorts of issues and mm-hmm. not just be completely socially blind about what's going on. But to Brittany's point, it's like, yeah, I don't want to wallow in that like sadness on a rainy day on a first date. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Right. Like, we could can... cry together. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a good way to bond. Yeah, that's right. Cry real. together. 
I'll read you my text messages and her replies. I've been thinking I should probably hold off on a second date. I've still been going out with a woman who I met a bit before you, and I was going to see how that played out before I pursued something with you. Will want to be messy, if that makes sense. She replied, totally no hard feelings. Thanks for being up front. I said, of course, none of that ghosting nonsense. And she sent me hand clap, grown, hand clap, ass, hand clap, man. That was it. My take on what Marcus is looking for is what a lot of us look for. Someone we're so crazy about that we spend the first few months not talking, but rather having all the sex. And then when that slows down enough for us to get some words out of our mouths, those words are intelligent and informed and passionate. But the fun stuff has to happen first. When it came time to recap with Andrew, I invited another member of our crew to offer her wise perspective. Hi, I'm Kara Brown. Mm -hmm. Lady. (laughs) You're a lady. Uh, I'm a writer in Los Angeles. Kara is a super talented writer. She used to write for Jezebel.com and now works in the writer's room for the Blackish spinoff, Grownish. Also, she has a wonderful pasta blog called Fancy Pasta Bitch. And I know this is like a weird thing to say about your friend, but she's kind of a big deal on the internet. Kara used to have this strategy for dating in LA. She called it Love or Nobu. Like N-O-B-U, like the restaurant. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And basically, I was like, oh, it, it, it wasn't, I wasn't really interested in going out with someone unless it was like someone I really, really liked. So it's like, oh, I love them. Mm-hmm. And so whatever. Or someone who could like take you to nice places and entertain you. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not really into someone a whole ton, then yeah. they need to be able to like, wow you a little yeah give you a life experience yeah yeah so it's like i'm like i'm not gonna marry you but like we have a good time and we go to sugarfish i'll be like that's fine but let's be honest you would also go to shake shack oh i would go to yeah i mean you only have to take me to shake shack ever yeah the bar is the bar is in reality much lower than nobu (laughs) okay so you're gonna help me with Andrew. Okay. And let's talk about why. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Hi-o. I didn't realize this was an intervention. <laughs> <laughs> Kara and I listened back to the Lexi and Andrew date with him there in the room. And one of the things we agreed on is that we couldn't tell whether he actually liked her. Interested Andrew and uninterested Andrew sounded exactly the same to us. If you haven't recognized his voice by now, Andrew was on the first season of DTR, helping me take over other people's profiles. Payback's a bitch. Andrew hosts a podcast called Yo, Is This Racist? And so naturally, he defines himself by two things. One, not being a racist. Great. And two, not being an overbearing, stereotypical straight dude who hits on women and makes them feel uncomfortable, which is rad. Of course, it's really important. But I think this is confusing for him and for a lot of dudes out there. I don't think he's figured out how to be an evolved straight man while still showing interest in a woman. I feel like being really aggressive for the dude, like, I don't even know, would be a deal breaker for me if I were a woman. The thing is, it's like, and I feel like guys say this all the time when they get, like, really, like, bitchy about, like, catcalling. And they're like, well, if the guy was hot, you know, if, like, if, like, 
uh, Idris Elba. If Idris Elba was catcalling you, you'd like it. It's like, shit, yeah, yes, <laughs> yes. I would like, if it was someone I was interested in, so by the same token, if it's someone who you're interested in, it's not aggression. Right. It's like, a, it's, it's like, flirting. Yeah. which is, and it is hard to figure that out, but like, it's also reading the other person and figuring it out. And it's like, a lot of guys, don't, they either just like want to be aggressive always or whatever. And it's like, no, there is actually a middle ground where you can read the cues and the vibes yeah. of someone. And then it's not aggression. Right. Still though, it's not <laughs> so, for me. So like when you are dating or when you've, in the past been in a real like how do how do you make the move from we're talking about work right now to like i'm going to kiss you i think i just do it in the most awkward possible way often it's like can i kiss you that's nice yeah i don't know if that's awkward <laughs> i don't fucking love doing it but i would rather do it than just try to kiss someone mm -hmm. so you ask permission yeah it's like i just oh. need to make sure every step of the way that you're cool with this and i'm not going to come on too strong or at strong at all <laughs> or come on at all. <laughs> I get why Andrew is careful about this stuff. Any person with half a brain should be on board with what he's saying, which is be sure that the person you're coming on to wants it. And if you aren't sure, err on the side of not coming on to them. This should be obvious, but sadly it isn't. What I'm talking about with Andrew and what Kara and I have witnessed him do firsthand out in the world is more of an overall tone thing. It's about a look, a posture, Subtle hints that let the woman you're on a date with know that you're on a date with her. This doesn't involve touching or even talking. It's like a vibe you put out, a smile, a gesture of kindness, an unexpected compliment, you know, interest. And I think Andrew is lumping those vibes in with all the stuff he shouldn't do on a date. We'll work on him. All right, so even though you heard both couples exchanging numbers at the end of the dates, that's as far as it went. In other words, we weren't great at matchmaking for our friends, but it was still really fun. Fun for us, the matchmakers. And here's the twist. The fact that we had so much fun setting up our friends, there's science behind that feeling. A few years ago, some researchers at Harvard studied matchmaking and they found, quote, chronic matchmaking is associated with higher well-being for the matchmaker. It doesn't matter if we're good at it or not. It makes us happy to try to find love for people we care about. Quote, matching others on how well they will get along increases happiness and is more intrinsically rewarding than other tasks. Again, for the matchmaker. So if you're one of those people who loves to set up your friends, that's probably because it helps you. It makes you happy. It makes you feel good about yourself that you have such awesome friends to set up. Here's Brittany. It's been really cool, actually, as your friend to, like, sort of hear, to see you in this, in this like, context, you know? Because when I met you, you were in a relationship. And so now, you know what I mean? Like, you're, like, a single guy out on your own. And to hear you on a date and to hear you reflect upon it and use this whole DTR thing as, like, a, an opportunity to, like... I don't know. Like I, I actually, I'm, I'm even impressed with the way that you, that you, that you took this as like a way to learn about yourself and like yeah. what you're looking for. That's like that's some real reflective shit, man. <laughs> it is. It Thank is. You. It is. Trust me. I used to be out here dating. A lot of these men are fucking terrible, yeah. terrible, terrible. And like, I'm glad you're my friend and you're not. Thank you. I said at the top that I love setting my friends up, and now I know why. But I've been at the other end of it, too, having my friends set me up. 
And the thrill factor there goes down quite a few notches. Because I think that no matter how well you know your friends, how much you love them, and how well you mean when you try to set them up, sometimes they know exactly what they want way better than you ever could. I think that's how it is with Andrew. When it comes down to it, I know that he knows what he's looking for because he's been in love before. But maybe he just can't articulate it to me. And I can't rush it into happening for him again, no matter how much I want to. Do you have like an idea of how long it's going to be before you are really ready? Well, that's sort of the thing is, I don't know if I'm like, I don't know what ready is exactly. You know, there's a part of me that doesn't feel like it is so unhealthy to also just hold out and forever be like, I want it to be as good as that was. Right. You know, like Mm -hmm. that's not wrong. Like I fell in love with that person and, you know, and again, like shit happened and I, you know, I think we both could have done a little better with it, but it wasn't like I picked wrong. Right. Like I didn't make a mistake. Mm -hmm. Um, So there is a part of me that's just like, yeah, then that's just, it's just that. That's all I want. You want that again. Yeah. Yeah. But that might not be reasonable also. Why? I don't know. Well, it was like kind of like a love at first sight thing. Yeah. For both of you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not unreasonable to expect for that to happen again. Uh, Okay. It's not. Okay. It will. All right. It well, will happen again. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, I think, yeah, I think you're going to just run smack dab into somebody. Yeah, I better. <laughs> I don't know what else I'm going to do. So if you have a smart, charming, real catch of a single friend and decide to take them on as a cause, you know, try to fix them up, just know that that feeling is all about you. And single people, if you want to do your friends a favor, if you want to do a nice thing for them, let them set you up. It'll make them really happy. Whether you like it or not, we're going to keep trying. Because that's what friends are for. I know someone out here you want to move to L.A.? I mean, we can start a conversation. Kara is her name. She's on the podcast. Okay. You guys would be so great. I, I keep proposing, like, having you guys meet in Vegas or something. Like, that's what I want. Hey, mom, I really do want that. Mom would love that. I'm trying to get the budget for it. Okay. <laughs> Well, let me know. Look, I got the budget for it. If y'all want it to happen, I'll make it myself. I'll sell, I'll sell cookies. I'll have a big sale. Sell lemonade. I don't know. Let's Look, do it. I'm going to try to make it happen. Okay. Next week on DTR, the man himself, Jason Mansukis, is here to swipe for our friend Julia and offer some sage relationship advice. Just let it be what it is, which is sniffing each other out. It's basically, you're at the dog park sniffing each other's butts. That's all it is. So, like, get that nose in those butts. That's Jason Mansukis here in the studio with me next time on DTR. DTR is a branded podcast from Tinder and Gimlet Creative. This episode was produced by me, Jane Marie, Caitlin Boguki, Garrett Crow, Matt Schultz, Julia Botero, and Jorge Estrada, with help from Grant Irving and Ben Kiebrick. Our senior producer is Nicole Wong. Our creative director is Nazanin Rafsanjani. Zach Schmidt mixed this episode and additional production by Little Everywhere. If you're enjoying this season, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps people find our show. You can also check us out at dtrshow.com. I'm Jane Marie. Thanks for listening. Okay. Um, all right.
I um think we're done. Is there anything else you want to add? Do you want to like throw throw out a something to the universe? Me? Yeah. Like, no, hell no. You don't want to be like universe. Please send me an angel. Uh, no, no, that's fine. <laughs> I don't. The universe is like really fucked up right now. <laughs> universe, if you're fucking listening to a podcast. <laughs> You need to get your shit together. 